ladies and gentlemen, winter is coming. And with that, the end of the golf season is near. But you don't have to worry because with the All-Star Caddy Practice Board, you can practice your ass through winter. Go to kickstarter.com today and look for the All-Star Caddy Practice Board. Thanks. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pineapple Theory Podcast. It is episode number 85, I think, maybe 86, not quite sure, I think it's 85. And uh, it's a House of the Dragon episode, so as always, we've got spoilers. If you've not seen the fucking film, get your finger out your ass. This is spoilers for all of season one of House of the Dragon, as well as all seasons of Game of Thrones. I am one of your hosts, Reese, with my co-host for the day, Shay. Shay, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I'm feeling very sad that this is going to be our last House of the Dragon episode for a while. Yeah. But uh, excited to get into it. Yeah, it's kind of, it is kind of a weird feeling because I have very much been enjoying our little sit downs to really deep dive into this show. And it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, it's kind of sad that I guess it's over unless we just pick a new show and we'll start doing that. But um, we did say yeah. that we could cover all of Game of Thrones between now and season two arriving, so maybe that's something we end up doing. Don't know. That would be a yeah, that, that would, would be, be a, fun. would be a lot of effort though, because that's a that's a lot It'd of seasons lot. to go through. But you never know. Um, but yeah, mm. season one is all wrapped up, and before we dive into the show completely, we've got a f- couple little fun things. First of all, we're gonna shout out your podcast one more time, Toxic, the Toxic Podcast. There, your first episode is officially mm-hmm. live. Um, congratulations! It is live. Yeah. Thank you so much. Do you? Um, yes, how, how, uh, how does it? How does it feel now? You've got the first episode up. It feels good. Like our our uh, pilot episode was very sort of chaotic and like, you know, we tried to make it like a little introduction to us. But yeah. our first episode is up. It's still pretty chaotic, but we did try to stick to some topics throughout. No, it was really yeah, good. Yeah, it's been great. Um, Lauren, if you're listening to this, Lauren is no help at all with editing. So that's all on me. <laughs> uh, so if you're impressed by the editing, it's all me. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, again, yeah, it reminded, I don't know why, just like hearing your first like pilot episode and then your first episode reminded me of like when I started pod, because I had a podcast before this podcast. So I was like early Did day. You? Oh yeah, there's a, there's a secret unknown podcast that no one knows about mm. apart from a few people in Scotland. And um, yeah, interesting. that back in the day, our first few episodes sounded exactly like yours because we had a Yeti microphone <laughs> just put in the middle of a room. Mm-hmm. You could hear all the background mm-hmm. noises and like, you know, scratching your head and whatever else. And it was just like the way yep. to do it back then. Um, and yeah, slowly the editing and the production, the sound quality just gets a bit better and you sort of learn the do's and don'ts of it. But also it's really fun yeah. going back to listening to that because it's just, you know, you just doing your best and it's as fun it's as just, you can make it and kids yeah exactly just having you know, fun with just it trying which is it out awesome. in the world yeah um, but also too on that mm. uh big shout out to reese for um helping me sort of like figure out what the hell we're doing uh on like the back end of things very appreciative of him he is a superstar 
and my podcasting rock star friend. Oh, so you're making yes, me big blush. Shout out to I was going to give a big shout out to you for shouting out the all star caddy stuff. We're just, we're just, it's, <laughs> there's too much positivity in this. We need to be more angry. <laughs> you suck, Reese. Yeah, you fuck off there. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, so you guys mentioned something in your podcast, and I was wondering if I could maybe put it in as a little a little suggestion for some a topic to dive deeper into because mm-hmm. it's something that's always like low-key bothered me and i don't know if this is a genuine thing um so you were talking about like types of like guys and you know girls and relationships and all that sort of stuff so mm-hmm. i'm gonna keep it like without a gender bias to it so this is for guys and girls but Mm-hmm. When someone says that their type or one of the like the things they look for in someone is to be funny, it bugs mm-hmm. me that like funny is like used just as a broad sense term because I feel like there's so many different types of funny, right? There and is, yeah. and that's what bothers me is that like someone would be like, oh yeah, you know, as long as they're funny. But I'm like, yeah, but what kind mm-hmm. of funny? Because some people think that like, you know, dressing up as a clown and jumping out of a wheelie bin is like funny. And some people think that, um, yep. you know, that like dark sense of humor or like just all, all kinds of funny. So yeah, if mm-hmm. you guys want a talking point, break down different types of funny and what you uh, would look for or don't look for or is good or not good. Because yeah. yeah that's I, a good idea. Well, we kind of briefly do say like, you know, we mentioned like our type of funny, but mm-hmm. I think it'd be interesting to go into like what, what is our type of funny? What is like, yeah. cause I feel like you're, we have a different dynamic between what we find funny versus what I would find funny with my other friends. Yeah, so exactly. It, I do think humor sort of lends itself to whoever you're, mm-hmm. you're talking to or whoever you're with. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm channel genre of people that love like prank stuff and that's their whole like relationship mm-hmm. with someone is they just go back and forth pranking each other and i think that that in itself is is a whole topic yeah it really is <laughs> but uh yeah anyway if, if you guys are at all interested yeah. <laughs> in sort of the um i don't know how to sum up your podcast but just two people being brutally honest with each other and a good <laughs> Uh, an amazing friend chemistry to listen to and talking about current and relevant topics as well as just general get to know each other sort of questions um give this podcast a a listen it's gonna be well worth it also you guys did a golf quiz and you did amazingly well so shout out to both of you on that because i want to say like it's not it's not the easiest sport Mm -hmm. so 80 percent that's i mean you did get 80 percent. so off the top of my head Here's a. I'm gonna. Th- I'm gonna throw you a curveball. What is a oh mulligan? Because you had this as one of your questions. Oh fucking hell! Isn't it when you pick you pick up the ball and you get to reshoot? Yeah, nice job. Well done. It is. It is a redo basically. Yeah. So a mulligan off the tee. If you redo. if you mess up your first shot, you can go. Ah, fuck it. I'm using a mulligan, and then you go again. And it's as if it never happened. So there you go. So it's just like a, it's just a shot. Oh, it erases it completely. Yeah, it's completely, you don't have to take one. completely erased. It's like a friendly redo, right? So if you top it into the cool. woods or whack it somewhere, you can't, you know, bad shot, basically. Normally everyone gets like a mulligan right. on, on a golf course. Like it's just a friendly thing. Not, it's not a, in tournaments, you can't do it obviously, but just on a friendly <laughs> round. Yeah. You get a mulligan. Um, okay. Cool. Next thing. It's only taken me 10 episodes, but I've gotten some new sound buttons. 
and they are very much just for Shay. There's three buttons for you. Oh, boy. Um, so just so you know that not only in our own episodes, but in every episode of the Pineapple Theory going forward, these buttons will be readily available. Um, do you want me to start from the very best to the worst or the worst to the best? Oh, God. I think we should start with the best. Okay. The very best one, I think, has to be this button here. You're Dang. going to the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> i love that one i say that all the time too so it's completely the only on point. the only annoying thing about it is t- it's very typical me i tend to talk over people and there's a slight part where i'm finishing up saying something stupid at the at the first part of it so you can hear me and then mm. you can hear it but i'm gonna turn it up and once again here we go you're Dang. going to the ranch yeah, <laughs> it's such a good button okay next button we have here I've been saying that this was always going to be a button, so you should probably know what it is, but here we go. I'm a sucker for a well-constructed brothel scene. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. So that button in general is funny, but the you know what I mean at the end is just like the mm-hmm. <laughs> is my favorite part of that whole thing because you're so confident that I'll be like, yep. oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a well-constructed brothel scene you know what i mean (laughs) you know what i mean the with like the finger guns yeah yeah um (laughs) and the very last button i mean shay if you have to stand up i understand but here it is beautiful I actually do have like the start of the singing in it, but I I kind of like it just as a little nice rounded button just there. But yeah, they do start singing eventually. So if any twofers (laughs) come up or anything Canadian, we can now hit that button there. Twofer. You're going to the ranch. All right, let's get (laughs) it. It's so good. All right, let's get on with this episode. So once again, spoilers, we're going to be doing a review of House of the Dragon, the finale episode of season one, episode 10. So um, the way we do this, uh, if you don't know by now what the heck's going on in your life, but I've got notes that I take during watching the episode that are in as best an order as I can possibly write down. And then Shay's also got some notes that we add in and sort of go through the talking points. I believe you said you've got like four pages of notes for this one. I got a ridiculous amount of, of shit written down here. Um, a lot of it is just like me bitching about what's going on. Yep. But yeah, there's like five pages of nonsense. I mean, this the reviewing the final episode of anything is is added difficulty because you kind of naturally bring all of the season into this one episode. Um, yes. So as best we can, I guess we'll... we'll We'll try and keep it just specifically for this episode sort of thoughts. And then maybe towards the end, we'll think of it as a whole. But I guess off the get-go, before we dive into the specifics, what was your overall feeling of this episode? Did you like it? You didn't like it? Where are you at? So I put three notes down here. Okay. So I said, in general, this episode felt like a season nine, uh, an episode nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought the visuals were stunning in this so one. Good. Um, and I don't think I can wait two goddamn years yeah. for season two. Yeah. Um, okay. So I am, I'm very much on the same, same board as you. Um, this felt like 
this did not feel like a finale episode at all. It felt mm-hmm. like a, a build up to something. And I guess in a way, we were we were in episode nine, we were given sort of the green episode, if you will, like all about the high towers. And then this episode coming immediately after it, it kind of does make sense that it be a red episode. Mm-hmm. But I think I said, or you said, one of us said in last episode review that we predicted that this would be a red episode at the start and then it would get into sort of the conflict. Whereas this just stayed red the whole way. Totally. Um. So yeah, felt very much like an episode mm-hmm. nine. It did, yeah. It's tough to think that this is us now until, what, 2024? Two years yeah, we've least. got. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Um, and... I'm going to say something here that makes absolutely no sense, but it does in my head. So the end of the last episode, we predicted that, yeah, this was going to be sort of a big fight kind of thing. And we were totally wrong. But then once this episode mm-hmm. started, I felt like it was very predictable what was happening. Like there were no, I mean, obviously towards the end, and I don't want to skip too far ahead. There's, there's an incident that happens. We all know it. We've seen the episode. We've seen the episode, but I was predicting everything that was mm-hmm. happening, even up to that point. Like I knew exactly what was going to happen. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because I'm like super deep into this series and I'm like aware of all the characters and where they're at. But yeah, it felt kind of predictable, which is not something I would ever want to describe a finale episode as being. You know, I don't want a predictable mm-hmm. ending to something. So yeah, I was a little disappointed but only because it was the last episode we're going to have in a long time. As an episode by itself, it's really good. And yeah, the visual effects you already touched on, but this was an amazing looking episode. And I don't know, I also had a very happy thing that happened this week. I upgraded my Fire Stick to the 4K version. So I actually managed for the first time to see an episode as good as it could be. So maybe it's that too. But yeah, the, the visuals this episode were stunning. So very happy there. Yeah. All right, I think it's time that we dive into these notes here. Let's see what's happening. So first note I have here is uh, she's pregnant and that's... uh, Oh yeah, sorry, she's pregnant and she's not going to be fighting much because she's, as we say in Scotland, she's up the duff, which means that she ain't going to (laughs) be up to much. No, yeah, it's a bad time to be pregnant. That's for sure. It is a bad time to be pregnant. I mean... Is it ever a good time though to be pregnant? I think a lot of people would say yes. Some people really enjoy the pregnancy part, I've heard. Um, and some people have also said that the pregnancy part is a really bad time to start a war. So, you know, that is, it they goes both that. ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then we have Rainice walks in and is just straight up like, hey, your dad's dead. And there's there's no real good way to tell someone that their dad's dead. But this is definitely one of the most efficient ways to do it. Yeah, and not even, like, it's not even, like, your dad's dead and, like, you're going to be queen now. It's, like, Mm -hmm. your dad's dead and your throne has been usurped, so. Yeah, your best friend, like, uh, has completely uh, gone against you and your wishes, so, you know, Mm -hmm. fuck. Good luck. It's a twofer. It's really a twofer. Oh, it's a twofer, and we have our first use of the Okanda button. Love it. Um, (laughs) So good. yeah, next note I have here is we have an intense meeting. Um, mm-hmm. We have a couple of intense meetings in, during this whole thing, but this is definitely the first intense meeting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what, definitely. 
The next thing I have is I'm trying to remember because this is the first time that I've watched the episode like a couple days before recording the podcast. Normally I'm very fresh, so I I might mm-hmm. need a couple boosters here and there from from you if you remember things. Um, but yeah, next note I have here is oh boy, bad baby timing, because yeah, yeah. I'm assuming. She goes into an early labor because of stress. Like I think so. But I think it's stress induced. I mean, I'm no nurse here, and maybe you should get your mom down from upstairs <laughs> from stomping around and get back on the show because <laughs> like can it happen that fast? Like that sudden of uh shocking news to then induce early labor? I all I know is that stress is really bad for pregnancy so Mm -hmm. what could have happened is the stress of that situation could have triggered her body to go into an early labor and essentially obviously as we're going to see the kid is not ready to Mm be out yet and her body clearly isn't ready to be giving birth and I think you just have like two things that shouldn't be happening and they happen and yeah, I mean, I'm not a nurse either, but it seems to me that the stress definitely like kicked it into high gear. Yeah, um, I, I guess that does make sense. It does just seem like very sudden. I also mm-hmm. didn't know if, just because it's Game of Thrones and whatnot, I didn't know if they were maybe trying to get into some sort of weird mystical magic law sort mm. of thing. Like it seemed a little too on the nose that she would come in with this bad news and then suddenly like she would have like a a miscarriage yeah Um, i mean if we're looking at this from like a literary perspective which i obviously can't help but look at it to me it's like they're building this sort of doom around rhaenyra at the moment so she loses her father she's gonna lose her baby obviously later in the show we'll talk about it but she mm -hmm. loses somebody else and it's not until that other thing happens that it really changes her mind about what's going on. Like, it, I think it's just to show that, you know, despite all this crazy shit happening to, her, happening to her, she's keeping, like, this really level head and continuing to be, like, a badass about things. So I think, I think it's just sort of to help create that energy around her, you know? Do you think in any way this sort of mirrors... Um Danny's journey towards the end in any way because she also very much well no she has a bit of rage in her I guess but I feel like she kept a pretty level head and was very sort of uh planning and sort of thinking things through properly and then towards the last season that's when her emotion and her rage I don't know if this is supposed to be like a Targaryen thing that they're pushed to Mm -hmm. a point and then they explode in flames Um, I definitely think there's, I mean, like even that last week, we're going to get into it, but that last scene of, you know, that close up of Rhaenyra's face, like mm -hmm. I couldn't help but see Danny. So a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's pretty intense. Right. We're going to get there. But um, yeah, so we have, uh, yeah. Oh boy, bad baby timing. And then my next note here is, and this, this is something that again, we're going to flip flop through because I've wrote this note so many times. (laughs) Um, Damon has no care for Rhaenyra yet. Mm-mm. um and honestly just it's it's uh, i i don't like skipping ahead but i'm gonna have to this whole episode he flip-flops quite a bit and yeah. he flops more than he flips and what i mean by that is he's like <laughs> he's against rhaenyra it seems more than he's with rhaenyra but 
he does go yeah. back and forward a couple scenes here. Yeah, I think they're trying hard to... It's hard because, like, at the end of the day, this show, the main character is Rhaenyra. Like, it's mm-hmm. Rhaenyra. She's the star of this. Damon, in, you know, A Perfect World, would probably be the star of this show, but he's not. So I think they have to walk a fine line of making sure he's supporting the main character, but also having his own moments because he's obviously such a fan favorite. So I think they have that sort of toggle between them to sort of keep his his character like alive in a way, but also make sure that he's in support of Rhaenyra because she's the main character of the show, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, yeah, it kind of, as much as it is, uh, he's, you know, the secondary character, I think also just taking it in a literary sense of like what's happening in the story, he is taking a secondary role, right? Like she's going to be queen and he's going to be king assistant to the regional manager, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's just a quick office reference there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so at this point, though, Damon really doesn't seem to have a care. And then we have the whole, like, meeting where Damon is starting to command things and she's, like, screaming and giving birth, like, upstairs. Yeah. And that whole thing... I, I don't know what to take of that because, like, it, it just seems... It didn't seem very Damon like. It doesn't. It doesn't like. It does in a sense of like, yeah, he's like, very, he's hot headed and he uh, likes to fight. I think and sort of war mm-hmm. is kind of what he's been looking forward to. But mm-hmm. he also has been so caring of Rhaenyra and sort of all about her that it's hard to believe that he wouldn't be in and around during the birthing scene. But then yeah. also it kind of mirrors, I guess, like how he wasn't around when his first wife was having her sort of birthing thing until he had to make the decision i mean who's to say that he wasn't because the way that i interpreted that other scene with him and his other wife lena to me it seemed like he was there sort of in the background but he was still sort of cognizant of what was going on and yeah he had to make that decision obviously he didn't get to make the decision because she made the decision for herself but Mm -hmm. i think i think maybe damon has gotten to a point now where he's had five children this would have been the sixth i believe Mm -hmm. or four this would have been the fifth something like that and i think he's probably just over over this sort of yeah like over the novelty of having children and also too like this scene i'm gonna get real deep here so okay um i loved this scene because i think it shows how rhaenyra is essentially fighting a war with her body um and with her child and then Damon is seeking out war. So I think it's just an interesting parallel between like women and men and how women are sort of innately born with pain. You know, obviously like we have our cycles and pain is sort of part of our life and giving birth is painful. And then you've got men who sort of have to seek out that that sense of pain to feel alive. Wow. And I think that this scene really kind of like shows that that battle between the sexes you know that is a that is a deep take but i like it a lot yeah no you're completely you're completely onto something there um i i found it interesting and it's definitely something throughout this whole episode and i'm glad that you sort of brought it up and again i've got notes on this later on but i think this episode as a whole has a clear divide between like men and women like showing Mm -hmm. the differences on 
how you interpret the exact same thing happening and also then how you respond to something happening. And it definitely does have a very clear men, women sort of line. Um, But yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but awesome take there. I I like that a lot. Um, So next note I've got here is uh, Damon is getting a badass scene with the gold cloaks. So he takes them outside Mm -hmm. and talks all about sort of where their loyalties lie and the dragon comes down and just the whole... Damon has two amazing visuals in this episode. This is one. The other one is in the dark cave later on, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is the best visual we've ever had in a Game of Thrones probably ever. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, this visual and him talking to the gold cloaks and sort of setting that that line is is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, he's really showing like Jace because obviously while Rhaenyra is giving birth or like attempting to, she's she wants Jace to know that she's still in charge. She's the queen and mm-hmm. she sort of sends him down to Damon um, to basically tell him to, to sort of like, don't make any rash decisions until she's in a position that she can command. Mm-hmm. And Damon doesn't really like that because obviously we know he's very eager to, to be in war. Um, and he, he takes Jace outside and he shows him what loyalty means by sort of like going to the gold cloaks and saying like, look, who, who are you loyal to? Um, if you're not loyal to me and Rhaenyra, then we'll mm-hmm. give you a clean death. Um, but if you are and you lie about it, then you'll die screaming. And I think it's a really interesting way of Damon saying, like, no, fuck you. Like, you're a woman. You're giving birth. Yeah, you might be the queen, but I'm commanding this army. Yeah. He, um, excuse me. He definitely is taking on that role of... I don't know what you would call it, but yeah, like commander or or something like that. Like he really wants to be in charge of sort of the fighting aspect. Mm-hmm. It like comes across pretty clear. Um, next note I have is why won't she take any help with the baby birth? Um, this, yeah. I mean, you've already sort of touched on this sort of scene and, and the why probably is that, yeah, she's like fighting her own battles and she's like had a couple child, you know, she's given birth before. So she's sort of on this mission, but it, mm-hmm. the, 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 the midwives are sort of there to help and they're offering to help. And she really is just taking this on the whole thing. But then yeah. it even continues after the birth. I mean, first of all, the, the birth is like, yeah. ho- I put perfect. in all caps, I put like holy detail birth because like yeah. I've never seen, any level level of detail but almost and again i have no freaking clue but i'm assuming (laughs) honesty like sometimes they tend to sort of um romanticize childbirth and then also Mm -hmm. sometimes they can romanticize sort of stillbirths to be like this you know oh they the baby came out and they're so small and they're not breathing and it's sad and you know but we still love them kind of thing and this mm-hmm. one was just like honest, like the baby like thuds to the ground and like mm-hmm. she's just picking it up and it's obviously not, doesn't, you know, it's not alive, doesn't look good. And it yeah. just seemed very brutal. But I also thought like if you've had a miscarriage and you watch this scene, I feel like this is like super triggering because it seems it, very realistic. Definitely. I saw a tweet and it, it was basically like as a first time pregnant woman, I hate House of the Dragon. And I was yeah. like, yeah, damn, like it's intense and it's also interesting too because i think we've seen a lot of of birth in this in this show like i don't think we've seen 
really any have we seen any birth hap like in game of thrones like i can't recall yeah um maybe maybe one or two maybe samuel tarley's wildling yeah. girlfriend i've barely certain we see her give birth yeah and maybe cersei oh yeah oh yeah cersei does have another kid okay yeah yeah, there's, there's so, a couple, but yeah, this yeah. House of the Dragon is taking it to a whole other level of yeah, detail. Like crammed into one season, like three separate sort of instances of birth. And two, like I, th- I thought I thought it was really interesting when the baby actually comes out and mm. she Rhaenyra already knows that that the baby's dead. Like she yeah. doesn't even it's not even like a, she's grabbing it and seeing like she innately knows. So I think it just it's interesting how connected Rhaenyra is with her like body and i love the scene too because she's pushing and they keep showing like little clips of her dragon syrax and mm-hmm. dragon screaming and i think it's really interesting how they parallel that the dragon is almost feeling rhaenyra's pain and like i just thought that was like an amazing like detail that they added in it's it's incredible yeah that's why uh sorry to cut back to what i was saying earlier about sort of the mysticism of this all um is that Mm -hmm. i think yeah the cutting back to the dragon made me think that there was some other sort of power at works here um like i don't know some prophecy like if you're betrayed or like they've taken the kid or i don't know what it is but either way if it is purely down to the stress of everything and while she doesn't initially take it to your point that you said about how she's just like kicked a thousand times in this episode she probably will blame like um Aegon and uh Allison for like totally. her baby dying. I would too. Yeah. In all fairness. Yeah, weird. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we have that whole scene and then to continue the fact that yeah, she's not getting any help for anything and that she's doing this all by herself, we even see her like prepare the baby I guess the um what would you call that when they're preparing it for burial or whatever. Yeah, they're they're sort of just like wrapping the baby up in like a some sort of cloth. Yeah, but the people and, who uh, do that, their job, they're yeah. standing right there. They're just watching yeah. her take the role and, and crack on and do it herself. The same as the midwives had to stand there and just watch and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, see her take on this uh, task. Um, and then, yeah, then the next thing I've got is that we then cut to the funeral scene. And then I've got another note saying Damon does care, question mark, because... This is like, again, yeah. flip-flopping. He seems to be back on the caring side. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just very, very strange. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I think Damon is the type of character, though, that just doesn't really visually, in terms of his facial expressions, he doesn't really show emotion. Like, he's no. always very, like, you know, he looks like a sculpted, his face just looks like sculpted in one position. So I, I feel think like it's he, hard to he tell. looks like he's always stewing on something. Like he's brewing. Yeah, he's thinking a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's doing so, a lot of I mean, brooding. He could he could be grieving and we just don't know it. Um, but yeah, he doesn't show stuff. So it's hard to say. Yeah, true. But also too, like not to go back to the, to the birthing scene, but can we talk about like Emma Darcy? Holy shit. Mm. Like just in terms of an actor... They are unreal. Like I've yeah. like that acting is just it's insane. I wonder if she's. I mean, we could Google it, but I'm I'm not gonna. But it's seems like she must have had a kid or something to had be able to draw on this like acting experience because like it's very yeah. real. 
Um, it is very real. Yeah, I also, I mean, they've given her two. This is her second birthing scene, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I remember the first one too, like being all about it, but I was too focused on sort of the sound effects and the extra stuff that mm-hmm. they did for that one because that was that seemed like a lot. This one I didn't notice mm-hmm. the sound effects as much, but definitely like visually they just showed everything. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. full credit to her because like yeah holy acting was it good um Mm -hmm. very good yeah i wouldn't say i have any bad actors for this whole episode or this whole season yeah yeah and like too i think it's the first time she ever obviously she's crying and screaming during giving birth but Mm -hmm. she really you only really see her sort of cry when she, when she's doing the wrapping herself and then she doesn't cry at the funeral she sort of leaves that moment to be like private you know and i think is it because she's queen now and she wants she wants people to think that she's like tough or is it just overwhelming you know yeah i mean this is just what i'm about to say is more not necessarily a note for the show but more just a note for why what i again i don't know but what i imagine it's like to be a woman in life in general whenever you get into a position of power the very active sort of being more emotional or sentimental or yeah shedding a tear or or feeling whatever you're feeling like is almost mm-hmm. forbidden because it'll be exaggerated by guys to look at oh you know because another crying woman like she's not really that strong and powerful because she's showing emotion so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah maybe she does need that moment down in the crypt by herself just to mm-hmm. work through everything in a, in a private setting yeah you could be right totally also i'm i'm pointing that out i'm not saying that's how it should be i'm just saying that that's yeah. how it oh, is yeah like, totally yeah yeah it really is and like also too like back onto the funeral scene um i really thought that that scene was like beautifully done like the way yeah. we're gonna get into it but like sir eric comes back and we saw him in uh, episode nine how, where he kind of leaves his brother and um comes to the, the black side and um he takes Viserys's crown mm-hmm. and he sort of, he strolls up in the middle of this funeral and um, he pledges his allegiance to Rhaenyra and gives Damon the crown. And I, what did you think of that scene? Cause I thought it was amazing. Yeah. So obviously I don't remember anybody's name either. I just have nicknames. So my <laughs> note says brother gold cloak stole the crown and that's mm-hmm. sick. Like I loved it. I thought one like a ballsy move like Very first of ballsy. all because he snuck out rainis and then also steals the crown and i assume just rides a horse or something to get where he is mm-hmm. and yeah i like it a lot but i think the main takeaway from this scene like yes like the whole funeral and everything looks good i mean mm-hmm. funny little joke at one point they show damon looking out towards his daughters from his first wife and that was just, again, a very brief moment of, oh, yeah, shit. Like, he's your dad. Like, <laughs> totally forgot about that. Because mm-hmm. you don't show any connection at all no. other than that one time you read one of them a book. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, sorry. No, the main thing I'm taking away from this scene is actually the fact that Damon takes the crown, is holding the crown, looks at the crown, mm-hmm. and then puts it on Rhaeny's, uh, sorry, Rhaenyra's um, head. And... Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what it was. Again, he doesn't show emotion, as you've already said, but Mm -hmm. the man can sort of... It's just 
open to interpretation like he's holding his yeah. face and his body in such a way that like i'm looking down at his brother's like crown it could be mm-hmm. so many things it could be that he's just realizing and really coming to terms with the fact that his brother's dead and he's sad yeah. because this was a very personal item for him could also mm-hmm. be that he thinks that he wants to wear the crown and you know he wants to rule over the kingdom could yeah. also be that he realizes now that his wife who he I think he does truly love is going to be put in a world of shit the second she puts this on mm-hmm. could be pride that he's like happy that you know he's doing this for his wife like so many ways yeah. it could be interpreted but it's just I think he's a good scene I think he's grieving like so many things like I think he's grieving the fact that he's never going to be king um and mm-hmm. I think that he's been sort of grieving that this entire show um he's obviously grieving his brother he's grieving the baby He's grieving for Rhaenyra because I think, I mean, and obviously like when, when parents lose a child, it's, it's devastating for both of them. But I do think that there's, it is different. It's different for the mother. Like it, it's not necessarily more sad or less sad, but it's just a different thing. Like it came out of your body. So I think he's taking on some of that emotion from her. So it's just that it's just a lot of grief and that holding that crown, he knows that it's not going to be easy after this. So, yeah. I mean, just to speak on that, like, again, I am not, I don't have any experience and I'm also a guy, so I really don't know what I'm talking (laughs) about here, but I imagine that for a guy to have lost a child during childbirth, it's very sad and upsetting, but for a woman, it's sad. And also somehow you might feel like, you've failed in a way like you've got Mm -hmm. that extra because you're the one who's making the baby right like it's brewing in your belly so for to have it not work out i imagine there's a hint even though it's totally not there's probably a hint of feeling like responsibility for it which i don't think the guy would have that same result or that same feeling yeah exactly well put very sad overall but yeah another this whole season actually we've had a couple really good funeral scenes which is like Mm. not something to say like you don't often say oh yeah funeral scenes were great but they're just Mm. i don't know they do a good job um yeah so next we have everybody starts bending the knee the crown is put on her head apart from rainice rainice Mm -hmm. is the only one who we see standing at the back and i think obviously it's explained later on but I think that it is a case of being undecided, not a case of like, I don't know, fuck you, I'm not kneeling to you kind of thing. Like it, it seems, it feels very undecided for me. Yeah, I I didn't really know how to interpret that. I put that it was, I, I honestly felt like it was kind of like, it was a little bit of a slight because mm. like there's two sides here. Like she can she can pretend like she doesn't want to be involved all she wants, but it's her family. Like, it's, it's her family. So, I mean, I think it's kind of, we'll get into it later, but I think it'd be kind of a dick move to just not fight at all or just to sit on the fence. So I did kind of think that her not kneeling was a little bit, like, a little bit muggy. Well, I um, was thinking of it in terms of that she's just literally seen the other king. Well, it's not, like not the other king, but she's seen the king crowned, and now she's seeing the queen crowned. And I feel like she's literally, like, in her head right there and then just weighing up the two things. Like, she's... Mm, she's the only one who's seen both right um i guess the gold cloak knight maybe he saw both as well but yeah Mm. it's uh yeah it leads Um, to later conversation i guess yeah i think we'll get into it but also can can we just take a second and acknowledge that damon bending the knee was listen 
We know how I, we know how I feel, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I love to see that. Truly. Anyways. Yeah, I've I've, <laughs> as I said before we started recording this episode, I think we're gonna do a Reddit memes and sort of theory special <laughs> bonus episode maybe, but there's mm-hmm. so much. Um, I'll just say it outright. There's so much horniness about Damon <laughs> and sort of like how he is and people's totally for it I'm or not totally the only against one. it. No, you're not, not. But the only one. I think it's a very, uh, I don't know if you know what this is, Niche? but it's very Marmite. So uh, do you know what Marmite is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Marmite, you either love it or you hate it. Like it's, yeah. it's only one way or the other. There's no in between. But you, but you don't hate Damon, but you don't love him either. No, I love I like Damon as a character, but I hate everything about his sort of like <laughs> relationship and how he is on on that side of things. Like I don't mm-hmm. like it at all. Like yeah. I, I there's no there's no scene that they are sort of even just holding hands or doing anything sort of towards the romantic side of things that doesn't make me instantly think he's your uncle, he's your uncle, he's your uncle. <laughs> like I can't get past that at all. Yeah, so. it's it's still weird, but Aegon's married to his sister, so. Oh yeah, it's all weird, but Damon especially seems weird, yeah, just because mm-hmm. obviously we've seen graphical things between the two of them. <laughs> graphical. <laughs> My sweet Christian eyes have seen too much. <laughs> um. So yeah, Ronis went in the the knee, and then we cut to something. Okay, so Shay, if mm-hmm. I had, if I win the lottery tomorrow. And I become filthy fucking rich. Mm-hmm. I am gonna make someone make me the table that they sort of show in the next scene oh, because yeah. they show the war table, which is a map of Westeros. But it does oh, something yeah. for the first time that has never been done before. This table has never done this, as far as I can remember, in all of Game of mm-hmm. Thrones. But they put fire underneath it or hot coals, and it mm-hmm. lights up and glows orange. It's amazing and it's like amazing it's so cool like whatever set designer product designer whoever did this visual thing it's mm-hmm. unbelievable because i mean just on the on the very like so many people will just look at it and go oh that's pretty cool and that's it but if you think about it right like they are the targaryen household this is the targaryen home castle yeah, city whatever you want to call it dragonstone mm-hmm. and this table that on any other day is just a normal table. When they go to war, they put like mm-hmm. dragon fire. I know it's not dragon fire, but they put like fire under it and the whole thing yeah. lights up and then they go mm-hmm. to war and they start planning. And, st- and I just think it's such a cool thing. And it I was like, so cool. oh yeah, I was blown away by that. So yeah, if I win a million dollars, I'm or I need more than a million dollars, but you know, if I win a lot of money, mm-hmm. that's, I need one of it's, those. It's funny too, because like Stannis and... Danny eventually they they don't know about the table they don't know mm-hmm. that it lights up like that they're just using it as a regular table and it's like man you well that's what this that's what I was wondering too is that I was like oh it's such a shame we never got this in Game of Thrones but then I was thinking well actually it makes a lot of sense because this is the Targaryen household mm-hmm. which Stannis I th- wouldn't have known yeah and it like the Lannisters eventually take it over I think and the Lannisters sort of have it for a bit but yeah just in general the Targaryens are wiped out like. Da- mm-hmm. And Danny and Viserys are like the only ones left, and they're in exile. So yeah. it totally makes sense that they would never know about the secrets of this table and what you do with it. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah uh, also, cool. too, like 
Rhaenyra walking in unison with her bodyguards, like, yeah. no. That scene alone was mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Like, obviously, there's a funny little part that happens at the end, but just the the in unison walking was such mm-hmm. a serve. Like, oh my God. I was like sitting there with my jaw dropped and I was like, I'm in love with her. So I'm, I'm in love with this woman. I'm, like, I'm, sh- mm. I'm sure you know this, but there's a camera technique where the height of the camera and what the viewer's sort of perception is sort of displays like uh, an emotion of sort of the characters. So I noticed that the second that she was crowned, the camera suddenly dropped so that we're looking Mm. up at her a lot more. And that is one of the scenes where, yeah, we're sort of walking with the guards, but we're always still Mm. looking up at her in her new position. Or maybe not Mm. looking up, but we're level with, like, it's the way the camera is, is that it's, it's displaying that she is like the... Powerful. importance yeah. uh yeah anyway whole thing um next note i've got here is uh we set up a damon versus rhaenyra tactics match so yeah around the table mm-hmm. discussions are going left and right but damon is really digging to like be the first one to to say something and rhaenyra like then yeah. sort of rebuttals with more logic and yeah sort of thought to things but damon's really trying to gun that he's in charge here it seems and i don't know mm-hmm. yeah well, there's not it's not great it's interesting because she walks in and she's sort of standing there and they're all quiet for a second and she's kind of like okay what do we have like yeah they're waiting for her to speak first so i thought that was kind of interesting like because damon could have as soon as she walked up to the table damon could have been like okay, this is the plan. We're going to do this, this, and this. But like, he is sort of waiting for her to speak. He does acknowledge that she is above him in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I do believe that he's he knows this. Um, but I think too, like, I mean, the guy's been to war. Like, I feel like we should probably just like listen to him. Yeah. Like, it's, I, you know. It is tough because um, this is totally just for us, by the way, but like... Uh, if i keep looking down it's because the camera keeps sometimes focusing you in and a lot of time i can't see you at all so if i'm looking down i'm not being rude i just can't see you anyway anyway (laughs) back onto the notes um yeah he definitely he's been to war before so there definitely should be some like i yeah i i understand what you're saying and i understand why he's like so commanding and in it but he he's just he's he's biting He's too close. I don't know how to say yeah. it. It's just like he's nipping too much. And I need yeah, her to... Yeah, he's walking to, a fine line. Yeah, I need it, like him to give her some space to settle into this. Because this is her first meeting ever mm-hmm. as queen. Mm-hmm. And he's not giving her enough time for her to truly be in charge. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, well, we're going to come on to it. Not yet. But before that, I've got another note where I says, dragons finally. Because... Mm-hmm. I too was thinking this the whole time, and when we wrote out our list last week of of like who's got what, I was thinking mm-hmm. the whole time like the only way you guys are gonna win is with dragons because you have yep. more of them and less men. Yep. But they kept talking about which men, and I I get that you needed that, but no one mentioned dragons until finally Damon's like you know brings them up, and everyone else sort of like oh yeah we have dragons. Yeah, well, it's it's not even it's not even Damon that brings it up. It's the other guy. It's like I forget the guy's name, but he's basically like, uh, I feel like we're missing a major part of this, and he's like the dragons, and then right, everyone's yeah. Damon starts to go in about okay, well, we have Caraxes, we have Syrax, we have all these guys, 
Um, but it seems to me in that moment is sort of the first time that they talk about dragons fighting dragons, right? They don't mm-hmm. particularly like that. Yeah. So. I think it's because they know that, I mean, they're the dragon household, right? So it's not a case mm-hmm. of they don't take it lightly to kill arguably yeah. what they might consider their family members because I'm fairly yeah. certain a Targaryen or um, someone related to them has always been a rider of the dragon or so, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, Damon wouldn't want to kill his ex-wife's dragon. Like, that wouldn't yeah. bring him pleasure in any way, but... I guess understanding that he might have to to win the war kind of thing yeah definitely but I mean good fucking luck because that dragon's a beast oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah Vagar stresses me out Vagar makes me so I don't know just we're gonna come on to it but Vagar and Aemon just the combo of the two is like such a force to be reckoned with I love it yeah like it's very so good (laughs) yeah it's very scary but I like that a lot um yeah, and then, yeah, next note I says, I've already said it, but Damon's a little too quick, a little too nippy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to... Um, Corliss. Uh, am I missing? When is the strangle scene right there? Is that... Uh, or is it later? That's later. I believe we cut to Corliss. Oh, yeah, sorry. I've got a note. Yeah, later. Okay, so, yes, you're right. So, it's... The next note I have is... um. We've got uh, so, uh, the, the oh, I can't talk right now. Sorry. The, yes, Seasonic? there's. It, I'm getting confused because there's two meetings in the same room and they seem like the same yeah. thing, but there's a huge important scene between the two that separates it, and that is Otto Hightower shows up. Oh right. And we right, have this visually repeated scene mm-hmm. from years earlier when it wasn't even you know it was the young versions of the actors but mm-hmm. it's set up the exact same way the exact same visual and the exact same thing happens damon is defending the castle Otto shows up with trying to get something mm-hmm. rhaenyra comes out on the dragon blocks them off and then walks through them to like deal with the whole thing yep and it's just yeah, obviously they do it on purpose and it's a complete rinse and repeat, but it's very interesting. And we have a note here, which is in all caps. And you sent me a TikTok earlier, but I put Damon, great use of the <laughs> C word. I loved that part. I yeah. mean, but hold, we got to set, we got to set it up because Otto walks in and he's basically like going to offer terms to Rhaenyra and Damon and the posse um, mm-hmm. if they sort of like acknowledge Aegon as king. Um, and the terms are, I wrote them down, um, acknowledge Aegon as king and swear ob- obeisance. Conf- uh, and then in return, they get to confirm their possession of Dragonstone. So they would get that castle and then it would pass through their bloodline. Um, and then he says, Damon's sons get to be cupbearers and like sort of carry the night the night stuff around and then do you want to say the line reese or do you want me to say it um you can say it and i'm gonna hit a a a little sensor button here because for canadians and not scottish people (laughs) it's not great so you say it and i'll try and perfectly time a button here okay wait just what's the uh what's the word before the word what word am i looking out for usurper Okay, go for it. Give us your best Damon impression and read your line. 
So in response to Otto saying that Damon's sons can be cupbearers, he says, I would rather feed my sons to the dragons than have them carry shields and cups for your drunken usurper cunt of a king. <laughs> okay. I have no <laughs> idea if that's going to work, but I, I added it in. Um, yeah. Uh, amazing use of the... I mean, I, I know... Like, if you take offense by this word, then I am very, very sorry. Um, I was raised in Scotland, and in Scotland, it's not <laughs> an offensive word. We use it as, like... I mean, it is an offensive word, but it's it's very much how you use it. Because I would always greet my close friends by saying, Hey, what's up, you... And I'd say that word. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, my friends would also call me that. And it was, like, an endearing sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's both guys and girls, by the way. It's not a gender thing um Mm -hmm. but yeah anyway onto the show it's got some weight behind it but the whole build up and the whole sentence is just great also i thought that the balls to say to damon that like yeah Yeah. your sons can be a cupbearer is like yeah it's so insulting it's worse than just like saying you'd kill them i think yeah you know what it's crazy too because otto literally watched this man cut a dude's head in half yeah like the audacity to say that you know that damon is unhinged and capable of fucking war crimes and yet you say that to him like i'm surprised damon didn't just didn't just cut the dude's head off right there i mean honestly also on a on a slight note uh we have again another piece of evidence that damon is actually a dad yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah Mm -hmm. he does have sons he does he's a father he's defending his kids even if they would never know it because he doesn't daddy damon he doesn't say anything to them ever <laughs> um we also as well as we have a repeat of damon versus uh otto standing off facing each other we have a couple of cuts where we show gold cloak brother versus gold cloak brother and mm-hmm. i think that they both really don't want this to turn violent because they really don't seem like they want to kill each other but they would have to no yeah, yeah, it's interesting because we were talking about last week um, about how you have t- twins and they have different allegiances. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it a lot. You know, yeah, Sir Eric is is quite an interesting character. Honestly, he's he's slowly becoming one of my favorite characters in the show. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm I'm seeing a lot of. Um, I don't I don't know. I can't help but think of the two as like very 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 early um the mountain versus the hound yeah like you know that that they're brothers but they are of different sort of uh supports or whatever you want different teams Mm -hmm. um and that was always really cool but the fact that they're twins and we've seen them together and now we're seeing them apart and they're slowly just gonna get more and more apart it's yeah it's a cool dynamic i like it Mm -hmm. um interesting that Everyone is drawing their swords and then we have Rhaenyra saying that she's undecided and that she'll give her opinion the next day. Um, And she, once again, like before, again, reflecting through the scenes, she has diffused the situation for there and then. um, Mm -hmm. But it does leave it open to to what is it that she's going to decide. And... I guess my question for you is, do you think that this was genuinely that she was considering the offer or was it just a stall for time to think of like something better? I, I do think that she's genuinely going to consider it. Like, I think she mentions multiple times that she wants to show, 
restraint. She doesn't want to rule over a kingdom full of ash and bone. And I think, you know, Rhaenyra is her father's daughter. Like, mm-hmm. Viserys is known as Viserys the Peaceful. Yeah. And I do think Rhaenyra takes that very, like, personally and strongly. And I think that she does want to continue, like, a peaceful reign. So as much as I obviously think she wants to be queen, I think that she wants it to go about it in the right way and sort of not cause as much damage as she potentially could cause. So, yeah, right. I do think that she's she's thinking it through. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that because, I mean, the next point that I have and what I think, you know, we've already touched on, but mm-hmm. I think that she does amazing because she is genuinely trying to think externally, if that makes sense. Like, she's not yeah. just thinking of her own life and what will happen to her. She's genuinely mm-hmm. thinking of, like, the people and sort of the realm as a whole which is something that gets so easily bypassed in game of thrones like they always have the people the commoners they're always there visually and you see them but it's Mm -hmm. very rare that they actually get talked about about people like caring for them um and there's all these big decisions and fights and battles that happen at the top end the high end the top one percent of people but it's very mm-hmm. rare you actually hear people talk about the commoners. So it's interesting that that's it. But the point that yeah. I wanted to make, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to stereotype here, but I think that it is just falling into the stereotype that sort of men are being displayed right now as being very headstrong, egotistical, and very like narrow-minded. Mm-hmm. And Rhaenyra is the only woman in the room, room <laughs> and woman, woman in the I almost said woman in the womb. I thought I, you I, said woman in the womb. I, I think I did actually, but I meant room <laughs> and woman. I got caught up, so she's only woman in the room, room, and mm-hmm. she is like thinking, Rationally. yeah, externally and outside of her own self, and sort of yeah. wise and I don't know. She's just yeah. It's it's like the stereotype of like guys only think about themselves, women think about the situation and how best to deal with it. Yeah. Um, for everyone else. And I, I think they're really hitting on that. What did you think of um, going back to sort of the bridge scene of mm. Otto giving Rhaenyra the, the page from the book? Yeah. I mean, that was from Alicent, right? Like the, mm-hmm. it was from her directly to be passed to Rhaenyra. Um, I took... It's a shame because it took me a minute to realize what it was. I actually paused and tried to read it as if it was like a note that someone had written. And I didn't fully think of what it was. And then I was like, oh, I think that there was a part where they were reading a book and she ripped out a page or something. And that was like a childhood memory. Yeah, the first episode, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I get it. It just didn't seem like an important enough thing. Like they really cared about it. Um, But I guess showing Mm -hmm. that she kept it and all that. Um. Yeah, I think it's some. I think it's basically Alison's way of really trying to show that she does care for her still. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, you know, I'm I'm doing this to spite you kind of thing. Like the yeah. last conversation they had, they sort of mended the bridge and tried to make men's. 
and mm -hmm. um i think this is her only real way of showing that she is still thinking of her as a friend yeah. um but it also it's just not enough it's it's no. it doesn't it doesn't hold enough weight to what the actual situation is totally. especially when the this i think the biggest issue with the greens and as to why the reds are, would be so annoyed and uh, more Rhaenyra would wouldn't be able to forgive it is the speed in which the greens acted like yeah. did they really need to do it overnight i don't think so i think they could yeah. have done this delegation part now and then mm -hmm. done the like see what she says and then we'll go ahead and crown Aegon no matter what um, yeah i still blame Otto for all of that too because it seemed like allison like was sort of left out of the loop and all of it was premeditated so yeah i do think it's it's frustrating like for rhaenyra because obviously she just left the the mm -hmm. dude she probably had quite literally just just set foot at home and then all of this is happening within 24 hours like it's just a lot at once yeah yeah it is a lot um but yeah, cool, cool touch that she added the note. But yeah, again, I didn't think the show did a big enough job of letting us know what that really I was. Thought, I kind of thought it was a little bit gay, honestly. I, uh, you, I, you are on I, this for them, aren't I you? You still, want this. I don't know why, but like to me, like she kept a page that Rhaenyra gave her from over 10 years ago, 16 years ago. To me, that's like, I don't know. Obviously, I'm reading into it a little bit, but to me, I think I'm maybe when they were kids, they were in love with each other and just didn't know well it. Well-constructed. Who knows? Brothel I'm just scene. saying. You know? Yeah. Um, I played the brothel scene little button just then because <laughs> it's more than just that you're looking for a brothel scene. You're looking for a, a romantic relationship between the two of them. Um, I think it's I, I just... I don't see it. I don't see it as being anything more than like friends. Like I just can't see that. I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through Reese. I'm going to rewatch everything over again. And I'm going to find every single scene that has some homoerotic undertones. And I'm going to put them in a spreadsheet and I'm going to send them to you. And then you okay. can determine on your own, on your own time, what you think. I mean, the, the biggest over, like, in analyzation of a scene so far that I've found is that scene where that the uh, the dude, like, brushes his crotch or something like that, or it looks like he goes oh, yeah. to brush the knight's crotch. Like, I really yeah. was thinking something would come of that, and it never did. So you can go ahead and overanalyze it, but until mm -hmm. two years' time, we will have no <laughs> answers to this. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to do it, though. Yeah, maybe we could find uh, some some Reddit stuff or we post something on Reddit and see who else agrees with you. So we mm -hmm. could do that. Um, okay, moving on, we have, yeah, the stereotypes of strong-headed men versus wise women. And then mm -hmm. we have Damon, then they clear the room and then Damon strangles Rhaenyra. And I yes. really hate this scene. Like, I really I hate, hate it. it. I don't yeah. see... I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, I think that they're really trying to show that he is struggling to control his emotions right now in the sense mm -hmm. of both, as we said earlier, with him holding the crown. That's where it starts, right? Maybe yeah. he's upset because he knows that he's stronger than Rhaenyra physically and he mm -hmm. feels like he has more knowledge about how to rule a kingdom and win a war and all that. 
and it's just yeah. a moment of weakness where he like i don't i don't like saying a moment of weakness because it almost the connotation of that phrase sort of gives them the benefit of the doubt which i'm not doing at all but mm-hmm. in this moment he sort of yeah grabs her goes to strangle her feels all the power that he has and feels like he should have and it should be him it should be me in charge kind of all that and yeah, yeah. he does this scene it could also just be the I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. Like, I just don't, I just don't like it. It doesn't doesn't I agree. doesn't go well. I think though at the end of the day I think it's easy, especially me cuz I'm I'm really the biggest culprit of this, but it's easy to romanticize Damon and like try to fit him into this box of being a husband and a father when at the end of the day I really don't think of him like that. Yeah. Like I think we want we want to see him like that because because we want to be like, oh yeah, Rhaenyra changed him, and like he's like a good guy now. But at the end of the day, yeah. he he murdered his first wife. Like this is not a this is not a good dude. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like we can't jam him into a box. And don't get me wrong, I do it too. But like I just think, and then in this scene, it's really great example of Damon physically dominating Rhaenyra, but then R- Rhaenyra immediately clapping back and dominating him with mm-hmm. with sort of that innate power that she has so i do think as much as damon is a, a dickhead in this scene like i do sort of think we need to remember that he's just not like the best dude ever and it sucks yeah, to see you're him right. like that but yeah the box that, that that we want him to be in is that he's a good guy but mm-hmm. he's not yeah i mean the whole the way he's introduced is like mass murdering people and, and whatnot. Like yeah. he's not a good guy. And yeah, also you reminded me, yeah, he murdered his first wife. I said his first wife <laughs> earlier, meaning actually his second wife, because I completely forgot about his first wife. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, he does. He murders the first wife and is very rebellious and and, and all for himself. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's not, he's not the good guy that we all want him to be necessarily. But mm-hmm. I think... Also, we've said this before where we weren't 100% that he would, or sorry, that he wouldn't try and take the crown from Rhaenyra, like that he wouldn't pull some shady shit to get him into power. And that maybe even, yeah, we're starting to see that, yeah, marrying Rhaenyra was a tactical play to get him in a position of power. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole bringing up... Yeah, sorry, you go, you go. I was just going to say, like, I do think that he loves her. And I, I do think that he's happy with her and wants to support her. But I, I, I think that his, his ambition is so hard to pin down. Like we, mm-hmm. we, at the end of the day, we don't know what he wants. I mean, like I wouldn't even fully believe that he wants to be King. I think that he wants to be in control of situations that come up. I think yeah. that at the end of the day, Damon wants control. And I think him being king would sort of in a way give him less control because he's he would be tied down to one place he couldn't sort of do what he really wants to do which is fight Mm -hmm. and yeah i i just think like it's really hard to pin him down as a character because he is really complicated okay so i'm going to give examples and explain why i'm going to say what i'm going to say first of all I think he does love Rhaenyra. And the main reason that makes me think he loves Rhaenyra is way back when they first have their night fling, 
he says to the king straight up, yeah, we're going to be a thing. And he says, let me marry her. We'll go away. We won't ever like claim anything. We'll just be married and away. So the very fact that he says that, I think, suggests that he loves her. Um, mm-hmm. But then as to what his goal is and what he wants, I think he wants to win and win his way by whatever yeah. that means. Because go back to the early scene, the tournament for the so-called firstborn son of Viserys, right? He wins Mm -hmm. dirty. Um, He cheats to get the win in that night jousting thing. We then have Mm -hmm. the Stepstones thing. He cheats to win that one and does dirty, Mm -hmm. but he sticks at it until he wins. And he gets pissed off when uh, Viserys says he's coming to help because that would mean that he's not going to win his way. Um, Mm -hmm. We then have the everything with um sort of this whole war that's about to break out and Rhaenyra is sort of like challenging him and opposing him as to how they should go about tactically fighting this fight he doesn't like that because he wants to do it his way and win his way um that's that's what I think he is yeah Yeah, that's what his motivation is it's his way or the highway right exactly so yeah I think but I mean back to this scene like I do think it's a really interesting parallel between the two because obviously like Damon grabs her and sort of has her physically sort of pinned. And then as soon as he lets go, um, she, she's talking about how the ice, the song of ice and fire and, um, and Damon looks confused about it. And then Mm -hmm. she goes, he never told you. Mm -hmm. So it's that really interesting moment of Damon, like, coming to to realize the fact that he was never ever going to be king yeah like he never ever had a shot and i just i kind of love that moment for rainier of being like yeah you can you can physically dominate me but you were never going to be king and you know i i know the prophecy and you don't know it so yeah i love that part that also is i've said this in the last episode but that is exactly what i'm hoping happens with allison is that she gets to say to her about the song of ice and fire it's really not going to happen i don't think but it bugs Mm -hmm. me that allison is still beating the wrong end of that stick anyway i've said that so many times i won't say any more in it it's Um, it's true though yeah frustrating okay so the next scene i've got is a positive one because i've got lord corliss yay that's my note this is alive i love that character um, and mm. I didn't realize it until him coming back showed his absence in the previous episodes. Yeah. Um, I think that, hit, I mean, I've already said this, but Rhaenys is probably my favorite character in this whole show. Mm-hmm. And Lord Corliss does a really good job of being second to her. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, kind of a running theme in this show more than any other that I've seen in a while where it is first place woman, second place man sort of in, in the sort of power couple sort of dynamic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that he does a really good job because in this scene with him lying in bed, you know, Rainice is clearly pissed off at him for leaving and, you know, they just lost their kids and all that. But yeah. as much as it's not a fair excuse, I also can't help but feel for the guy because yeah, he like, the only thing he knows he can do and succeed at is when he's in the ocean, right? That's sort of his bread and butter. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. He's the sea snake. So I can't fault him too much for going away on a boat and doing whatever he's got to do as much yeah. as it does leave Rennie's in a shitty situation. 
Yeah, it's it's like you said, like it's nice to see him back because he does add an element of, um, in a way, this might sound like condescending, but I do think that he kind of controls Renice a little bit because it seems to me like Renice has no like deep interest with this family despite it being her family it seems like she kind of got slighted in the beginning and you know now she's kind of like ambivalent as to what happens especially with her you know not not declaring for either side but i think this scene's interesting because they're talking about um themselves and and what they're going to be doing and which side they should sort of support and they both come to the decision that they're not going to support anybody they're going to go back to um oh what's it called wherever they live um and they're going to just live their life drift mark yeah boom reese got a name (laughs) finally (laughs) sorry i'm happy for myself (laughs) i'm very proud of you everybody (laughs) you've come a long way um but yeah they they declare for nobody and i think that's really interesting uh despite you know they have grandkids involved in this mm. and uh yeah i don't know well that's where they they come back in right is that they say that they're going to yeah. declare for nobody they seem happy about that but then renice brings up the fact that the grandkids are will never be left alone yeah. um and that's where they sort of they don't show it in that scene but that's where mm-hmm. that's what leads them into deciding to be on uh the red side targaryen side yeah, which I'm very glad they, oh, they yeah. decide that. Well, they freaking needed it because without it, yeah, they'd be pretty like yeah. screwed. Like, Big this trouble. at least leads um, evens the ha huh, evens the tide a bit. Wow, oh, there you right? Go. I love a good sea pun. <laughs> Hello, sailor. Um, right. <laughs> Next note I've got here is let's see how this meeting goes. Oh boy. Yeah. Because yeah, he walks in and we don't quite know how it's gonna go, but it goes really freaking well like he's like i mean first of all yeah just this actor like again everyone acting in this show is doing such a great job but yeah i love how lord corliss is in this scene like he both is i think it's because he actually like even before we know he's going to be on team rhaenyra he still Mm -hmm. gives her respect like he doesn't talk to her any different as he does to anybody else and i think that that shows and i don't know what it is but it's just a likable thing you know like he takes everything she says seriously and then if she has a good point he lets her know it's a good point and offers like his advice here and there but he lets her sort of talk and say her piece as well yeah i think the the choking scene really sort of like as much as it was kind of fucked to like see it, I do think that it sort of put him in his place a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like despite he was the one like, you know, being an asshole and being aggressive, I do think Rhaenyra saying like you were, it, it was never going to be you. Like you are not that guy. Yeah. Really sort of made him be like, oh shit. Like obviously she knows things that I don't know and potentially, potentially sort of makes him do some self-reflecting. But um, but yeah, I liked that part too. Yeah. Um. So next note here. Um. As I've said the whole time, every episode, I stepstones. L- I love the bloody stepstones. They're my favorite <laughs> thing. I think that, you know, I'm so happy that we spent all this time on the stepstones because of how important they suddenly are. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not at all being sarcastic by the fact that I've said, if you didn't listen to previous episodes, I've shat on the Stepstones many a time because I think it's a pointless fucking thing. And yet now it seems like the the thing that's going to turn the tide is the bloody Stepstones. So yeah. yay for the Stepstones. I'm a huge fan. Well, it's interesting because I was, I was watching a TikTok mm. and... Um, and sort of some whoever it was was talking about uh, where the stepstones actually are. So I feel like do you do you know where they sort of are on the map and how they play into like why um, this is such a big deal? They showed it in this episode, like we saw them point it out on the table. So I know kind of where it is. Yeah, but yeah. So it's it's basically between Essos and Westeros. And right, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna bring it up on my computer here right now. Yep. So basically, there used to be a land bridge that was con- that connected Essos over to Westeros, but over time, the the tides rate like rose, ah, right. and now it's been left with all of these little islands. So basically, all of these islands are really prone to sort of pirates and um, like war, and there's a lot of different sort of tribes around here that take over. So in order to be able to actually get anywhere around here you have to go through the step zone so it's really important that Corliss has been away for all these episodes securing it because mm-hmm. it's gonna make their lives in this war a lot easier yeah yeah no it's it's cool to know that um and yeah as i said earlier like this definitely was it it was needed because they really, other than having more dragons, they really, as they talked more and more about sort of their plans for for upcoming war, they really seem to be on mm-hmm. the uh, the losing side. So mm-hmm. glad that he comes in and the Stepstones save the day. So well done, Stepstones. There you go. Yeah. Um, still though, the whole crab king thing seems pointless to me. Like, what 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 was the deal with all that? Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I know. Anyway, sending next note is sending the oh yeah, sending the boys away on dragons. I'm so fucking worried for them. Yeah. Like it um, was never gonna go well. Like I'm gonna no. note by note. I'll just keep it as if I don't know what's happening. But again, I'm mm-hmm. writing these notes without <laughs> as I'm watching the episode for the first time. So this mm-hmm. is where I think that from this point onwards, everything was very predictable. What was gonna happen? Um, yeah, I just it it was never going to be good and it's it's unfortunate because they show like in the very beginning of the episode they show Rhaenyra and Luke having like this really great mother-son sort of moment yeah and it it just shows how great of a mother is and I even wrote a note saying like Rhaenyra is actually a really good like comforting mother and then she fucking sends like Jace I get fair enough Mm -hmm. The, the kid's like 15 16 like or even maybe younger than that, like, I don't know, 13, 14, whatever. Mm. Um, But Luke is like, I'm pretty sure maybe supposed to be 10. Yeah. Baby with a baby dragon. Yeah. Like that just, you're asking for some fucking trouble. Yeah. It just was a bad idea. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And hindsight is 2020, but it just like, yeah. Yeah, so I wrote the note, sending the boys away on dragons, I'm worried for them. And then Renice specifically says to the youngest that you will receive a warm welcome. 
And I mm-hmm. said, this is my note. I said, you will receive a warm welcome. This is probably going to lead to the most horrific shit happening to this kid. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no way that this was going to end well. And um, too, like, he's supposed to be going to uh, Baratheon. He's supposed to be going to their sort of place. And, like, if you know anything about Baratheon, like, Robert Baratheon is a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, in the first, in, like, Game of Thrones. So, as soon as yeah. she said he's going to Baratheon, I was like, he's not going to be greeted very warmly. Yeah, they got it the wrong to- They got it the wrong way around, but I think they got it the wrong way around because we are, as viewers, we're fans of the Starks and we're skeptical yeah, on Baratheons, true. right? Like, we... yeah. Like if 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 they'd said, oh yeah, uh, you need to fly, uh, youngest one, you need to fly to uh, the Frey's house. Um, yeah. Everyone would instantly be like, ring, ring, ring. No, yeah. but they don't know that. It's not happened mm-hmm. yet. Um, yeah, so totally just yeah. From this point on, nothing good's gonna happen. Um, next one. This is just a general question that I've got for you, Shay, and wondering mm-hmm. what you think. Um, how do dragon gps systems work and it's kind of a joke but i I want to know is it the rider that directs them or is it the dragon that does the directing because how do they know where to go this too i don't i honestly have no idea like i wrote down how do they know where they're going yeah i i genuinely don't know i would if i had to put my money on on it i would say it's the rider right it has to to be the rider but, yeah, because like it's a car. Like car can't take you where you need to go. You have to, you have to direct it. Like I mean, excuse me, Miss Tesla, but I believe <laughs> in some places your car, even though it's not legal in Canada yet, could take you places. Y- yes, potentially. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, yeah, I don't. I don't think the dragons have the have the self driving capabilities that the Tesla does. Unfor- I, unfortunately in my opinion i mean i'm not a dragon expert but, I, but you I are you are a tesla expert a tesla expert <laughs> a tesla expert anyway tesla aspects oh. insert cash or select yeah payment i don't type. know it's a weird one what do you think um i think yeah i think it's it's one of those ones that i'm not gonna nitpick at too much but it did bother yeah. me so we'll just say it works and for whatever maybe they've done test flights to these places before so they know where they're <laughs> going um but mm-hmm. yeah it, 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 you would you'd have to believe that from the harness and everything they know where they're going but not just in this yeah. episode but maybe it's just a question for game of thrones and house of the dragon is like yeah how do the dragons know where the fuck they're going but mm-hmm. it seems extra prominent because the youngest kid is flying somewhere and you can't believe that he's ever done this before. So it's a bit like whatever. Um, Then we have Damon um, going to get new dragons, question mark. He does this. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get you all riled up, but (laughs) I imagine, I imagine you enjoyed him singing a low, very much slow song. Very much. Very much. Yes. Like you would I listen that to, be to that ringtone. ASMR before going to bed at night. Absolutely. I, yeah. for all the podcast listeners out here, I've already told Reese this, but I have started to learn a new language on oh, Duolingo. Yeah. Yep. And, and that language happens to be High Valerian. So at some point, once I get fluent, I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch that scene and I'm going to figure out exactly what he's saying. And 
and I'm going to know what he's saying. And Do you want me to just good. Google it right now and ruin it for you, or do you want to go through no. the whole learning a new language? I'm learning a new language. I have completed, I think I know, it said I knew 80 words, but I don't think, I feel like I don't know 80 words. Okay. But yeah. Well, we'll we'll check in in a little while, like, and yeah. see how I'll keep you updated. How you're getting along? But yeah, he he's got a nice low singing voice, and I quite like he it. Does. There's um, you've probably not seen it, um, but in the Hobbit, there's a song that one of the dwarves sings in a very low voice, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about it that just a low, slow male solo voice is is very, very cool. Um, I think you get a different vibe from it than I do, but either way, <laughs> it's uh, it's good. Um, I love Matt Smith. This and I'm whole, not afraid to say it. This whole scene of Damon going to get a new dragon. I'm assuming it's a new dragon, even though it's clearly a battle-worn sort of old fighting dragon. Yeah, he's just not claimed yet. Yeah, so but it's definitely seen fights. So I think this is why mm-hmm. he's going to get this one. Um, yeah. Before we get to the questions and the implications as to what this means, without a doubt, I said this at the start, but the best visual... I have ever seen in Game of Thrones. And again, this comes down to the lighting. As much as possible, they're going to try and have dragons in low lighting because it means that they get to show less detail. It's less. It looks more realistic in low lighting. Either way, mm-hmm. the visual of Damon standing there with blackness behind him and then just this shadowy shape that just appears and then fire burning everywhere over the top of him. Like, yeah. just unbelievable like looks so cool i i just love it i thought it looked great yeah it was a great scene and like you know the up close of the dragon's name is vermithor up the up close of his face is Mm -hmm. i sort of saw like a parallel between vermithor and carax and sorry and damon's face like that very sort of like yeah i don't know i just saw damon in in this dragon well we have the great shot where their eyes level up with each other right like they yeah. do the whole reflection yeah. like they are one kind of thing mm-hmm. the only thing and then this is now the implications of this is like does this mean that he's getting rid of his red dragon because like yeah. is he gonna ride this one or is he giving it to like one of his kids or like who's who's taking this one i don't know like i think i mean obviously these people the targaryens they've had multiple wives so why not have multiple dragons i mean daenerys had three dragons true but they've set this up very clearly like they need riders yeah but i mean mean, maybe yeah maybe they can just bring them along i mean corliss can hop on vermithor and and see what he can do I mean, it would make sense that if there is going to be a riderless dragon, it would be Damon's red dragon, seemingly the most tamed yeah, and experienced dragon yeah, so currently connected. on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see so that. yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. really cool looking dragon, really cool scene, awesome. And then we cut to a dark and stormy scene as the youngest is flying into the Baratheon's castle, and I put in all caps, "Oh fuck." It's Aemon's dragon. Oh, shitty. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Oh, fuck. Was my yeah. note. I put yeah. Vagar. Fuck nah. And Un- then I said, reverse that bitch. Back to an- where you came <laughs> from. An unbelievable <laughs> shot of Vagar in the background. Like, flash yeah. of lightning and he appears and he's just there. Or she. Sorry, it's a she. Um, yeah. And she appears and she's just there. 
but like it just i don't know it's so obvious that it would be the smallest kid with the smallest dragon against the biggest Mm -hmm. dragon like and you know it just just all all of that but yeah the second he lands sees the dragon like because he he looks at it yeah why why he doesn't turn his dragon around and ride out of it or fly out of there like super fucking fast i have no Mm -hmm. idea hand on the gear shift putting that bitch into reverse and getting out yeah, like, because like you're not who's, gonna catch who's me gonna there. be disappointed in you? Like you go back and be like, your mom's like, did you did you deliver the message? And you're like, no, sorry, I didn't because Vagart was there, and the guy whose eye I cut out as a kid and hates me. Like mm-hmm. she'd be like, oh yeah, good good shout there. Way way good to call. do. Way to yeah. get out of there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Why is he so proud to go in there? Like, dude, you're like ten years old. You have a baby dragon. Like common sense. Yeah, you know here's what I mean? here's the equivalent. Okay, here's how here's how I see it. Shay, let's say at six years old, for some reason, you threw a stone at a kid, and it hit them in the eye, and it blinded them in that eye, right? Because mm-hmm. you're playing a game of uh, of dodge the stone, right? Yeah. And then years <laughs> yeah. later, you then pull up. To, you're going you you've just left the cinema okay it's it's dark you went to see i don't know a new movie you leave the mm-hmm. cinema you're in the car park you're walking towards your car and standing at the far end of the car park is this kid that you hit with a stone and he's holding a chainsaw <laughs> are you he's holding seriously a gonna go up to that guy and you know continue conversation or just uh, you know no. knowing he's there or are you getting in your car and hauling ass I'm getting in my car and potentially hitting hitting him with my car. <laughs> right. <laughs> Backing yeah. out and getting the fuck out. Fair enough. You're like getting a bigger stone to throw at him. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting anyway, a wrecking ball from my car. Terrible uh, example that I'm giving. But the point is, it's fucking stupid that this kid is just like moving on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next note I have here is we have the whole conversation with the Baratheon. But do you need to talk about any of that? I mean, it's pretty I don't, well, I don't I think it's worth noting that he okay. is a see you next Tuesday. But Oh yeah. Um can't read. But yeah. Can't even read. Like what a mm-hmm. what a fucking loser. You can't even I think, read, dude. I think he does the Baratheon well though. Like you can tell. He does. Very much Robert esque. I mean Robert Baratheon I never had an issue with. Like he was like he was dumb and Yeah. Uh what's He's the a word? Dodo ignorant he was ignorant to what was happening around him and obviously very um gluttonous and yeah kind yeah. of disgusting but like he wasn't like a bad dude he wasn't he was evil just... he wasn't evil but yeah i would say but this guy gives evil vibes yeah this guy seems yeah but just a bit nasty. maybe it's just the situation because in all honesty yeah it is very robert baratheon to be like okay well what are you going to give me like you know why why yeah. do business with you if you're not going to give me a nice piece of ham you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um next note i have here though and this is probably my proudest note of the whole thing is um it's a shiny eye stone he's got there did he get it at claire's accessories (laughs) he went to the eye store and he picked out a new jewel here's the thing though i it's very glittery shiny like it's it's a little bit of a statement yeah it's definitely a look he's definitely he wants people to see it so but he wears an eye patch and his mm-hmm. eye is glittery. So I think it's a little bit of a in the closet for him kind <laughs> of thing. 
because mm-hmm. he, like you can imagine him getting into his room after a day of you know walking around with an eye patch on he takes it off looks at himself in the mirror and is like ooh shiny you know like mm-hmm. yeah, that's a little thing for him but then he reveals right. it to the kid and I'm like oh a little, little weird but yeah, yeah as soon as he took off as soon as he took off that eye patch I was like no some bad's gonna happen I don't yeah. know it just felt, filled me with like dread I mean, he then throws the guy, the kid, his knife and asks him to cut out his own eye as, like, retribution for him cutting out his eye. Yes. Um, In that, if you were the kid, like, like I know that the kid obviously didn't want to do that because that's fucked. But, but you're like, considering it? <laughs> I'm weighing my options because I know that there is a big bitch outside. Yeah. Like, I I probably wouldn't have said no that fast. I would have said, listen, Amond, you look really great. Your eye looks amazing. This has been really fun. I actually have to go. Mm-hmm. But it's been really nice catching up with you. You look great. And then I would have slowly backed up. And mm-hmm. said, you know, I can't wait to see you at Thanksgiving. You look amazing. Cheers. And then I would have gone. I would have yeah. left. But he just goes, no. Like, relax. You're, you're like seven years old. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude's going to fuck you up. Yeah, I think that I think you just have to put it down to like he's a child and he's in his innocence. He's like he genuinely yeah. thinks that you know he's just a messenger and nothing's gonna happen to him. Maybe I don't know, but mm-hmm. full credit to the actor and just Amond as a character because yeah, he's he so good. is something else. And I'm gonna get on to something in a minute. Um, but let's just keep playing through it. So. So that whole happens. Baratheon then steps up and actually does something pretty decent and says, look, this isn't happening here. Like, not under my roof. Like, I don't want any part of this. Like, let him leave kind of thing. But the second he goes to leave, like, you know he's going to be chased. Like, they didn't... Yeah. They didn't put that dragon there for any other reason other than this chase scene. So... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then we have... um, Yeah, he's going to hunt him down on the dragon, like, for sure. And then we have a very classic little versus big sort of tactics. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he starts flying away. You know, nothing's happening. Again, super, super awesome visuals of sort of the storm and the clouds. And then you kind of see the dragon above him and just the sheer size of yeah. her is like ridiculous. Amazing. Great visuals. Mm-hmm. But then it goes into very standard little versus big fight chase scene flight chase scene sorry where obviously the little dragon is going to go in the rocks and places the big dragon can't reach and then the Mm -hmm. big dragon's just going to wait for them to come back out and you know all that sort of stuff visually it's really cool but when you're such a big star wars fan like me you've seen it so many times um Mm -hmm. yeah i I didn't understand why the kid didn't stay in those fucking rocks though yeah i would have i would have stayed there but i think too like I was writing these notes in real time watching it and I like I think that whole scene is so ambiguous because you're like is he trying to kill him or is he just sort of like messing around with him in like a really fucked up way I genuinely didn't didn't really know I sort of thought he was just fucking with him yeah I'm like there's no way this is gonna end well well we're gonna come on to it because there's some subtitles and things that we need to talk about but yeah I think Mm -hmm. he's definitely just messing around with him um yeah but yeah, so we're going to get there. Um, so yeah, we then have seemingly the little one gets away with it and just the camera angle, you just freaking know. It's one of those classic like horror movie moments where 
Yeah. They turn the camera where you can't see suddenly what's in front of them or behind them. And then the camera pans mm-hmm. back to it. And then there they are. Um, mm-hmm. But before that happens, the reason that that thing sets up is the the young kid. Sorry, the young kid's name. What's his name? Lucerus. Lucerus's dragon attacks Vagar. Yeah. Arax. Yeah, Arax. So... I wrote down the subtitles because I wrote down the subtitles and I also wrote down the English subtitles as to what is exactly said. So word by word, we have Amond is saying, you owe a debt boy and is definitely being creepy and just trying to scare him. And then we have... uh, (laughs) Fuck, I forgot the young kid's name again. Lucerus. Lucerus. I'm writing it down. Or Luke. Luke. Yeah. I can remember that. Freaking Star Wars. All right. Luke then says, no, Arax, you serve me. And the dragon mm-hmm. disobeys and attacks Vagar. Yeah. And then we hear Amond screaming, no, 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 Vagar, no. As Vagar mm-hmm. turns to like chase them. Yeah. And then we hear him scream, serve me, Vagar, no. And a bunch more no's. Yeah. And then... Vagar eats them mm-hmm. or bites she comes them, from the si- fucks she them comes up, from the side and, and then fucking... he like screams, Vagar, no, and is yeah. very distraught. And we see, like, then a close up of like Eamon's face visually being like, oh, fucking shit, what have I done? Yeah, he just he knows he started the war right, so, right there. Yeah, so a couple of things. First thing, as you just said, absolutely, this starts the war. Um, and the queen gets the first act of war that she asked for earlier, basically saying that she's not mm-hmm. going to act until acted upon. And, mm-hmm. you know, by sending her kid to the slaughter, this is what starts <laughs> the war. Um, mm-hmm. So a little bit calmer there. But yeah, so that's thing number one. Thing number two to point out is Amond is definitely just trying to like scare him here because he's very distraught at the fact that like, he's committed this right which is sort of out of character in a way but does kind of make sense i guess he is just trying to get his eye like he wants revenge but not to like murder his cousin yeah um but then the biggest thing is like dragons like disobeying is like huge Mm. because where does that then lead us going forward in this war yeah yeah i think well there's two things with these two dragons so i do think that these two could potentially be a write-off. So obviously, mm-hmm. Arax is a baby. He's not fully trained yet. Lucerus is also pretty much a baby. He doesn't mm-hmm. know how to control the dragon. So in terms of those two, I, I, I would say that's a write-off. Then on the opposite spectrum, you've got Vagar, who is a seasoned war dragon. Mm-hmm. He's been in fights. And then you have Aemond, who is pushing vagar to a limit that obviously she doesn't understand that it's a joke mm-hmm. right so aemon is in the full headspace that he's messing around with him and vagar thinks that it's real so i don't blame vagar for for killing lucerus or arax like yeah, he, this is aemon's fuck up yeah he was attacked so yeah so i blame aemon for not knowing how to like control the dragon that he stole i blame like, arax like the small dragon because what the fuck are you doing like in what world if you're those dragons yeah. 
you are tiny yeah. like compared to this bitch and you are gonna go up and blow smoke in its face like what are you doing like what do I you mean, hope to achieve maybe Lucerus and even Arax himself thought that they could they could maybe in terms of speed out outspeed this this dragon because i would say like vagar is really big but she's also quite old and you know a little bit slower or i'd say on the slower side so i think maybe like especially when they get up into the clouds i think luceris is kind of like okay we've we've maybe outrun these bastards and then it's just too late but i think aemon shouldn't have pushed vagar to that limit I think in the fight of little versus big, little always wins by staying low to the ground. So like Mm -hmm. going up high, like blowing fire in the face and then going high, all of that was bad, bad tactics. (laughs) Like didn't make any sense. Yeah, it's true. Um, So yeah, Mm -hmm. it was a very interesting scene, very dramatic. And then obviously we then cut to the queen and the final scene of seeing Rhaenyra sort of, or Daemon walking in. We don't hear what is said, but we get the gist of it. Yeah. As to how Damon knows so soon, I'm not quite sure how that works. Like dragon airmail or whatever, but I would assume that the that they would have fallen into the water and they would have washed upon shore. That's I'm pretty sure that's what they say happens in the book. Okay. And Damon sees it. Fair enough. Okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, this whole thing happens. We then screen uh Renice then finds out. And yeah, as I said earlier, she gets the war that she sort of, the setup to the war is like what she was asking for, i.e. someone else to act first. But as you said at the start of this episode, it's sort of the weight of everything that's happened to her suddenly comes crashing down. Like she lost a kid at the start of this. She's now lost another kid. Her best Mm -hmm. friends betrayed her. Like her father's dead. All the shit. Her dad, yeah, dad's dead. Like everything's Mm -hmm. hit the fucking fan and she Mm -hmm. is full on rage mode and gonna get into this war and fully commit yeah. now and i think that, that the thoughts scene. of the common person and the realm yeah. and the peace and whatever are now gone yeah gone yeah because i think that as much as she doesn't want to burn shit to the ground i think like it's a classic thing of you've messed with my kid and mm-hmm. like i really don't give a fuck about what happens now yeah now you but, get bad mama mm-hmm. that that close-up scene on her face when she turns away from like the fire and you see her face like holy the goosebumps i was yeah. like oh shit yeah super sick um going down the last thought i want to talk about or a quick theory is i think that as much as it wasn't uh luke wasn't damon's kid I think that we have now got the perfect setup for what we've all been asking for in Damon versus Aemond and Damon's yeah. new dragon against uh, Vagar. Like that totally. whole thing just screams like the best battle we're ever going to see. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's like Viper versus the mountain kind of vibes of like, I, mm. want, I don't know who could win this, but like, I hope damon does but also he might not <laughs> yeah well i think too like especially if he can somehow ride vermithor but also have caraxes as sort of like mm-hmm. not a backup but maybe like a two-on-one type of thing oh we're gonna need at least two, maybe three on one maybe her yeah. and rhaenyra need to take him on because like that dragon's mm-hmm. a beast yeah um, i'd like to see that though yeah it would be cool 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that wraps up the episode. Um, I guess closing thoughts I want to talk about just briefly is sort of the season as a whole. I mean, we've been running for quite a while, so we will try and wrap this up. But mm. yeah, season as a whole, how do you feel? Um, yeah, pros and cons. I yeah. think no matter what, as I said, we're going to ideally we'll kind of come back and do like a memes and conspiracy mm-hmm. theories and other episode because i also want to get like a week away i'm actually going to go back and listen to all our podcasts and sort of mm-hmm. re take some <laughs> take some notes on our podcast to <laughs> find my favorite moment from the series mm-hmm. my least favorite moment and let it sort of sit for a minute but right now yeah. raw feelings what's your thoughts on the season as a whole i am we said it in the beginning but like pleasantly surprised with- yeah what what this has turned out to be i didn't i i don't think either of us really expected that much from it i think especially you as sort of me being like hey like let's go let's watch Mm -hmm. this um i just think i think it was insanely well done i think the acting is superb um exceeded all expectations on that front i think especially with a lot of more unknown actors i think that like it's it's incredible um i obviously i feel like we're gonna we're gonna talk about this but the time jumps were kind of not my favorite part of this of this show i understand that they're necessary but i didn't love them um however i do think that the new actresses killed it and um in their own right were fantastic um and i I'm very excited for season two, especially because it kind of feels like we were gypped of like a classic Game of Thrones finale. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna hold back on on all my thoughts and stuff, as I say, for that bonus episode. So you know, subscribe and stay tuned for all that. The only thing <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say is that, um, yeah, I thought I was done with Game of Thrones. I really did. I thought that the last season sort of killed it for me. I tried to, mm-hmm. I settled it down in my head as like a, you know it was all good up until the ending so like enjoy it for that but i I was done with it and so yeah when this show started i wasn't too keen i knew i was gonna for the podcast but i wasn't too keen on jumping into it and yet the second Mm -hmm. it started it's had such good og original uh game of thrones vibes um Mm -hmm. that yeah it's it's difficult not to love this show if you love game of thrones so Super happy for mm-hmm. all of that. Again, as you said, actors doing an amazing job. And yeah, I'll save the rest of it for uh, another episode. But all in all, this was a good episode. It just didn't feel like the finale we wanted. But I'm okay mm-hmm. with it because it leads more to... like. The, it would have been weird if they had gotten into the fight and then ends yeah, sort of there. And then we later. go into a season two. Like That would be weird. Yeah, so, yeah I agree. I think... A good it place definitely to stop, lends itself yeah it i think it just it lends itself to what i'm hoping is going to be an absolute like an insane full season of maybe maybe we're going to get like season finale level episodes boom 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 right after the other like to start the second season off mm-hmm. i mean i'd love to see that yeah absolutely absolutely for sure it's going to be a crazy season two for sure. And as to where season two ends, if they're supposed to do four seasons, who knows? Like, could anything yeah. really could happen here? Um, Wild. All right. Okay. Well, Shay, thank you so much um, from me and also from all our listeners for being a part of this and being the co-host for this show. 
Um, we're going to have to find another show to keep you around because mm-hmm. I love doing this show with you. And also I know a bunch of our listeners enjoy it. So yeah, just mm-hmm. huge thank you. And I'm going to hit the outro music, which uh, you won't be able to hear, but it's currently playing. So I'm going to say my usual spiel. Um, guys, if you can, you know, go check out kickstarter.com. Look for the All-Star Caddy practice board. That would be absolutely incredible. If not, no worries at all. Um, please like us and follow us on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. You stay classy, San Diego. I've been one of your hosts, Reese. My co-host, Shay. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.